What's up, everyone, and welcome to a brand new edition of the Battle Red Radio. We are hanging out here all over the Battle Red blog doing our Texans podcast thing. I'm Corey DLG, and with me today is producer Nico, and we are going to catch you up on uh, middle-of-the-week type stuff. We got some headlines around the NFL, uh, including the retirement of a Texans legend. Uh, But first... We're going to kind of do a final wrap-up on the game, and then we're going to move on from there and take a peek at next week, but also the AFC South as a whole with their interesting playoff picture. So without any further ado, Nico, let's get into this, man. Yeah. Um, As you predicted, the Texans did, in fact, beat the Tennessee Titans. Look at that. I wasn't even on that show when I I said that. We, We knew you were going to. We made the pick in honor of you. I appreciate that. Yeah, that's what we're here for. We said, in the spirit of Nico, Texans win. Uh, we both picked the Texans to lose, although I did take the points for the Texans. Uh, so that actually, I guess, means I won in a way. So there you go. Yeah, see, back-to-back to, back weeks, I, I really came out ahead. and I went, I went, You did. I went 2-0, and and then I went 2-0 again. And I need to double-check, but I'm pretty sure the under hit by my math. So... We're in a pretty strong... I'm in a pretty strong spot there. It was a good week, though. It was a good week. Uh, the win against Tennessee, it kind of compounds a lot of things for them. Coming into last week, uh, Colton had brought up how the Tennessee Titans had lost four in a row and that their team was really kind of struggling to find a way. This was going to be Malik Willis's first start again uh, ever since Ryan Tannehill came back from injury and now left again injured. So... They are a team that is struggling now. They are trending downward. Five losses in a row. Jacksonville Jaguars are now the division leader based on wins, losses, and ties and all of that. And Tennessee uh, is now the two seed in the AFC South uh, as it's all drawn up right now. So that win had some ramifications. That's kind of impressive. I like us playing the role of spoiler. That, that feels a little good. What do you think? Oh yeah, we we talked about it before, but yeah, this is this is this is the uh, this is the race to the bottom. This is the this is the Rat King division. This is what I've called it. This the is, Rat this King. Is... That's um, one of the things that we texted in the group chat. We were talking about this. We pointed. I, I pointed out that there isn't a single team in either the AFC or the NFC South divisions with a winning record as of right now. And I said, good work, team, you know, as members of the South. <laughs> we we did it. We did our part. We have nailed our part for that. The 2-12-1 record, strong in the under 500 division. Right. It's, it's interesting. There's two weeks left. We have Jacksonville this week. And I'm not a playoff bracketologist, but according to ESPN, the outcome of this week doesn't matter at all for Jacksonville or Tennessee. Uh, because they play each other week eighteen. Yeah, that's the best part is the fact that like they get to they get to fight it out for the number one spot. Probably well, for, both be for going to the playoffs. Yeah, exactly for going to the playoffs. Because if they don't, it doesn't matter what happens. Only one of them gets to go. Is right. how I'm seeing the bracket right now. Uh, and if that's the case, that's going to be a mess. That I wonder. I'm going to double check that while we're kind of talking about stuff, but. I'm. I was. I, I do think that that's kind of, kind of a mess, right? Like, 
it doesn't matter what happens this week because they both play each other week 18. It doesn't it does impact us though. This is where we start to get really kind of interesting. With another win, the Bears would then swap places with us in the standings for the dra- for the number 1 draft pick. So what you're telling me is that we got to lose more. We need either the Bears to win or us to lose more. Correct. Correct. Those are the only two... Well, continue losing. Because more kind of implies that we haven't figured it out yet. But I, I like our I like our style. Um, <laughs> so right now, the seventh seed, the last wild card spot, is being held by the Miami Dolphins. We're going to talk about them a little bit towards the end of the show. There was some news with them this week as well. Uh, the Patriots and the Jets both have tiebreakers over Tennessee. Tennessee has a tiebreaker over Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh holds tiebreakers over nobody. And the Raiders have a tiebreaker over Cleveland based on best win percentage in conference games. So the only way Tennessee could lose and still make it is if the Patriots... and and the Jets also, if Miami, the Patriots, and the Jets also all continue to lose and somehow get... So Tennessee needs at least one win, and then like if they were to lose to Jacksonville, they would be 8-8. Eight and eight. Just the absolute, the best team of all time, 500. Right. Right. If they were 8-8 if they were eight and eight coming into Jacksonville game, and they go 8-9, and nine, no, because even then they would be... Uh, yeah, at best, that means they could tie the Dolphins for the spot. And I don't know what happens between them because they don't have that one set up because the Dolphins are right now one game ahead of everybody else. So there might, the only way, there might, the might, the only path available for the Titans to make the playoffs might be winning week 18. Hilarious. All because of little old us. But I'm also very surprised because they're an organization like Mike Vrabel is credited to be a really great head coach. Uh, there, there's been an organization who who's been a stable one throughout their whole season, you know, past few years. They aren't the one that's in trouble. Now I've always said that that they feel very much like they're only one or two problems away from eight and eight, seven and eight kind of a thing. And now that is kind of the situation they're in this year. But typically, last year they won ten games. The year before that, I believe they won 10 games. Mike Vrabel's had this team really operating at a high level for a few years, so it is a surprise to find them struggling like this. And that's why the win last weekend was was so nice. Because uh, they're not they're not a team that we've had a lot of success against here lately, and so it felt really good to kind of get that win. Yeah, and they're kind of in a weird position where they're they're just like, Behind the eight ball, like this has been such a terrible season, of, like across the board in the entirety of the NFL, aside from like a couple teams, like all your usual favorites are just not performing at the same level. It is really interesting. You're seeing guys like the Broncos always feel like they're a quarterback away. They got Russell Wilson. This year's been a mess. We're going to talk about that because they made a change at coaching. There's been, there's just been kind of some, it's been a weird year. The Raiders were really supposed to take off this year. They've struggled again. Uh, the Patriots are going to have their second year in a row where they where they don't make the playoffs, and that's that feels odd. I don't. I mean, this is just a. This isn't the same. This isn't business as usual in the NFL. 
Right, and I love it. I love seeing the the radical change because it isn't like what it is in the past seventeen million years, where it's just like, "Are the Patriots doing all right this year, man?" Yeah, it's like, like the Tom Patriots, Brady? and then right, it goes Patriots, and then everyone else, and even Tom Brady still in the league. However, he is on easily the worst team that he's ever been on. That's going to the playoffs, and that's Tampa Bay, and they are still as of right now set up to go. They've got to take care of business. They got to keep winning, but. They're in what they say. They're in. They're uh, they're masters of their own destiny. Is how they talk about it in on ESPN. Which which means as long as they keep winning, no one gets to leapfrog them. Yeah, emphasis on the if they keep winning part. Which has been. I mean, the games are bad. I watched the their last game. I guess it was the Sunday night game, and it was it was it wasn't. Is it the Cincinnati game? Uh, did they just beat Cincinnati? Let's see here. Whoever they just played and they and they won, but it was at the right at the end. Yeah, I, I guess it was Cincinnati, and it was kind of a like. First of all, it was a surprise that it was even close. But then also, the more you watched it, the more you were just kind of like, okay, when is somebody gonna figure this out? Like, <laughs> <laughs> okay, somebody somebody act like they want to win. Like, when do we do that? Uh oh also Tennessee has Dallas this weekend. So like they have them Thursday night. That might be the only thing that helps is that Thursday night games can sometimes be a little complicated for teams. But the reality is they're playing what I don't love to say, but I'll be honest and say what is a good team. Um Yeah, so Christmas night, Tampa played Tampa was at Arizona. Arizona started uh Oh, it was Arizona, okay. I think they lost yeah. the Cincinnati game. Yeah, I think they did too. Um but the only thing I saw was, was this clip of uh, of Tom Brady just absolutely nailing like the best interception of his life. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> he's been he had this has been the worst Tom Brady yet in a, in a long time, and they're still winning games nineteen sixteen in overtime. But a lot of that was like the final drive was cool, calm, collected Tom Brady getting down the field and getting that getting that you know field goal to win it. They're always. You know, we've been talking about this all year with the Texans where they keep it close until the fourth quarter. The closers in the league, they take advantage of that fourth quarter. And so it's a favor to still be close in the fourth quarter in that situation and then let a guy like Tom Brady be able to go down the field and and win the game. It's such a unique opportunity that other teams just don't have. So Tampa Bay, as bad as they are, it is kind of a scary thought that they might be able to just struggle their way into these playoffs, and then there's still not a team who wants to see them. And because they're going to win their division if they go, they'll have a home game. Yeah. So someone will have to try and beat them in Tampa Bay in that first round of the playoffs. And while they are very beatable this year, like name the quarterback you least likely want to see in the playoffs. (laughs) Yeah, I mean... I don't know. Russell Wilson. <laughs> you don't want to see him wear your team's jersey. I'll give you that. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah you, if Tom Brady walks out there for the other team in a one-game scenario, you'd certainly get a little nervous. And you, pray to, you pray to the Lords that you're getting bad playoff Tom Brady, not good playoff Tom Brady. And then you got to do the research and try and find bad playoff Tom Brady, right? Like, 
He's that guy's not floating them around. Like, they're like, look, he was kind of bad in this one. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> That's where you get stuck. He's got a big enough sample size that you can actually, like, like guess. You look for the tail end. Like, he's played, so, he's probably played, I mean, at this point, it's probably like three seasons worth of playoff games. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, so there's probably some duds in there. That's fair. There's probably some duds in there that they somehow still won, and you're like, how did they do that? Yeah. It's not that they did. It's not that they were doing great. It's just that the other team did worse, right? Uh, okay. So, do you want to do JJ Watt or you want to do ads first? What do you want to do here, buddy? Uh, let's do ads and then we'll get into JJ Watt. Okay. All right. Let me tell you guys. It's never a good idea to drink and drive. But what if you had a few beers at the game and you know you're not drunk, but you get pulled over and arrested anyway? You need a law firm that knows how to try DWIs. Someone who won't just plead you out quickly. You need a lawyer who has 100 hours of hands-on instruction in a lab learning the sciences used in DWI cases. A lawyer ACS qualified to be designated a lawyer scientist. Because these cases aren't like other kinds of cases. Your positive outcomes may very well depend on who better understands and presents the science at trial. Attorney Brian Asen is a designated lawyer scientist and the lawyers at Asen Law Firm have successfully tried and won many of these cases. Call Asen Law Firm at 832-209-2297. That's Asin Law Firm at 832-209-2297 or visit DWILawyerHouston.com. Uh, it's time to trade in your masks for face masks, load up the hoppers, and go to war with your friends. Too hot? Too rainy? Too cold? Splat Zone has you covered. Literally. It's Splat Zone Indoor Paintball. Round up the family and get to 11260 Hempstead to check out Splat Zone Indoor Paintball today. 11260 Hempstead, Splat Zone Indoor Paintball. Splat Zone is a great, low-impact, family-friendly experience, and if you use their website to make reservations, you can get 5% off by using the code BATTLEREDSPLAT. Uh, also, I want to take a second to tell everybody about The Adventure Begins, comics, games, and more, right there at 525 Woodland Square Boulevard, Suite 130 in Conroe, Texas. Uh, they're right there in the Marcel Town Center. It is a clean, family-friendly, bright, well-lit place. It's awesome to go to. Nico and I go there and do all of our nerd things, and they have a place called The Adventure Begins Stadium. Right there on the second floor. That's right. It's a two-story nerd store, collectible store with all kinds of great stuff. And right in there is the Adventure Begins Stadium where they sell sports cards, sports memorabilia, signed jerseys, all kinds of great things, all kinds of wonderful opportunities. Uh, get in there and have a great time. Buy some trading cards, some sports cards, because you never know. They might wind up being one of those ones that's immediately worth thousands of dollars and you've changed your whole life because you got the Tom Brady rookie card or something. Uh, so you should be going to 525 Woodland Square Boulevard, Suite 130, the Adventure Begins Stadium, right there at the Marcel Town Center. All right, Nico. So I was a little disappointed about this. This kind of, uh, it, it, it made a little twinkle in old Corey's eye here. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals defensive lineman J.J. Watt announced in a tweet Tuesday morning that he will retire after this season. Yeah. Uh, I- yeah, I was a little disappointed that he did it this way. I would like for him to have kind of... It would have been cool if he had announced at the beginning of the year, hey, I'm going to do one more year. This is the last year. And Because then they could have done some fun stuff for him. Like He's one of those guys who deserves the send-off, I feel like. Oh, 100%. Especially here. Like- well, here especially, but I mean, even in Arizona where he's just been nothing but like... They haven't been very good those two years he's been there, so what he's done for them is impressive. Yeah, that's fair. 
you know, he's been a good leader. He's been he's been a, a part of that organization. He's shown other he's held people accountable. He's shown other guys how to work. Uh, I, he's also I almost think the, died. I think we can't forget that. Yeah, and I and I think that, that probably has a lot to do with it. I, I I'm sure he was like, let's just like, there's like five weeks left. Let's just get through it, and then we'll go from there. And that that may not be the right way to do it. There might be people who feel otherwise. Uh, at the time, I was a little critical of the idea that he had his heart restarted on a Thursday and then played a football game over the weekend. I thought that was. I still think that that's insane. Um, it's but insane, that's kind of but, it, that's what makes JJ Watt JJ Watt, right? Right. The 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 mental fortitude and honest insanity of this man. Like, also, the Sean Payton of just his... a force of nature on on the on the field. Oh, for sure. And when he was healthy, there was really nothing. Just. They're showing pictures of, uh, he posted pictures of him holding his baby and his wife. His wife is so pretty and so happy. She's a soccer player. It's like, I get it. Like, it's time to go home and, and be something else. And he's got hundreds of millions of dollars sitting somewhere. I, I, I get it. Um, here's some cool things. Likely first ballot Hall of Famer. This is all from ESPN.com. Uh, oh, one of three players to be named Defensive Player of the Year three times. Aaron Donald and Lawrence Taylor, the other two. That's, that's elite company. Um, they came in the 2012, 2014, and 2015 seasons. He was taken 11th overall out of Wisconsin. Uh, right now, his two other brothers are playing in the NFL. I kind of am a little surprised that he didn't just do like a farewell year with them, but I mean, it is what it is. Uh, well, they're in different places, a, right? No, they play together in Pittsburgh. Ah. So he could have gone to Pittsburgh for one year. That would have been interesting also. Uh, Watt has 111 and a half sacks, 26 on the NFL's career list. He is the only player to record 20-plus sacks in multiple years. Um, it's weird that he could be that low with that number and have two years of 20. I guess that just goes to show like how much time he really did miss from injury later. Well, yeah, the fact that he's been around for so long. Like, even if you well, exclude, like, injury, he's still played a very long time. But what I mean is, if you only have 111 sacks, and two years you had 20 or more, that's two years, that's 40 sacks. So then over the rest of his 11, 12-year career, he only had 60 sacks? Like, that's kind of a weird, you know what I mean? That's only, like, five or six a, ga- uh, a year. That's a fair point. Um... Only three players have more sacks than him since he was drafted. Von Miller, Cameron, jo- Cameron Jordan, and Chandler Jones. And Von Miller is known as like a guy with a nose for the quarterback. So like that's kind of a cool thing. This is something I, th- I bet he's really proud of. He's first in batted passes and second in fumble recoveries and tied for third in forced fumbles during that time. Nice. He also, this is another, I'm just going to read all these off. This is great. 28 games with at least two sacks, five more than anyone else since 2011. Four seasons with at least 15 sacks. See, now that you do that, so another 30. So in four seasons, he had 70 sacks. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure those aren't those counted twice because two of those years probably count. No, that's what I'm saying. So if four is at least 15 and two were 20, so it goes 20, 40, and then the other two years is another 30 sacks. So that's 70 sacks out of just four seasons. So he missed a lot. So, And while he is still playing at a high level, I don't want to take away from him. Uh, all-time leader for the Texans, 101 sacks. Uh, 
almost twice as many as the next guy. <laughs> I wonder when that number's going to break. Right. Future also, Space Year 2040, this is J.J. Watt's J.J.J. Watt. If it wasn't, if, if it wasn't Clowney, like, when we had Clowney, I was like, that guy can kind of take over for J.J. Watt. But then we we let him go. So like I don't like I think it'll be a long time before we get another guy like that. Yeah, we're gonna. Get um, some. yeah. Uh, in the wake of Hurricane Harvey in 2017, JJ Watt's foundation raised more than 37 million dollars to distribute to victims. His initial goal was 200 thousand. Yeah, humble, humble JJ Watt. Uh, I, I, he's we've we've mentioned before. The dude's a legend here in 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 Texas, uh, in Houston specifically. There's probably nobody who was such a positive person in the NFL for the Texans. This is, especially in light of what's going on over the last couple of years, this is the guy that you want representing out in the league, in the universe, a former Texan. Fired that he is hanging it up because it does, you knew this was going to have to, I'm surprised that he's made it as far as he has considering the severity of some of the injuries he's had over the last couple years i think at one point it was a fracture in the bone in the knee like that's a really difficult injury to overcome there's been a lot of like just tough injury the torn pack like you started to really feel bad for him towards the end where you're just like come on man like just one more good year but it was it was never to be um 111 sacks though it is really impressive when he was healthy who he was he's one of those guys though who always gave it out like just you never had to be like, well, JJ's not really playing very well today. Like, he was always going to give it to you. Yeah. I mean, just, just seeing him, he was just, and he commanded even such a presence, even later into his career. You're still having like two, three guys having to block him, and it's like. Well, I mean, just just this year, he had a three sack game. That's what I'm saying. Like, you, they, they stopped respecting his name for 0. .2 seconds, and then they eat dirt. <laughs> He said, you might want to remember that I'm J.J. Watt. Uh, I did see a great fake quote. You know, there's like the, I don't know who it is that puts these out, but they put out like fake quotes from people. Uh And it was from, it was from Mike Tomlin. He says, I'm really upset that J.J. Watt's retiring. He was, he was going to be a free agent this offseason. We were hoping to throw 40 million in two years, which is what Arizona gave him. Yeah. Uh, And we were hoping to throw the same at him so that he could come over here and him and his brothers could form a megawatt and just uh, play all the positions. (laughs) <laughs> but it's okay. We'll hold on to TJ's little brother in case TJ needs some more organs. That's funny. <laughs> I, I really enjoyed it. I like the idea that like they merge into like a Megazord of some kind. <laughs> the three of them combined. I think the ultimate defensive football player. Because <laughs> the other brother is a fullback and tight end. He basically is. He might as well be a defensive player. Um. So there's two stories left. Which one do you want to do first here? The NFL is still uh, not getting things right, or the Denver Broncos? Uh, let's go Broncos and then stuff not doing right. Okay, so the Denver Broncos fired their head coach earlier this week, Nathaniel Hackett, gone as of Monday. Good job, guys. They did, however, keep general manager George Patton. How do you feel about that, first of all? I mean... Look, my main issue with the Broncos is their coaching staff being terrible. So, I mean, like, they, I guess they we'll were see. really like, <laughs> like this is gonna be historically bad. Be the active yeah. worst head coach I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, yeah the uh, the delay of games. I think it was eight of them week one, 
And I think I famously said on this show that I would have fired him after week one. Like, yeah. All right, it was obvious we got the wrong guy. Uh, there's still six of them week two, and that's after the crowd starts counting down the clock out loud. That's what I mean. To try like, and help. This is, like you're, you're like you've, you've already like you've already lost. That's it. You're done. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. That's not a good look for anybody. Uh, and you're right. Maybe, maybe this is acknowledgement that the coach was so bad that it's not Russell's fault and it's not the GM's fault that this team underperformed. I 100% think it's Russell's fault, but that's a separate issue. Oh, okay. Uh, I think he didn't help anything. I mean, if they're not... He can't change the plays on the fly, though, so... He can't change like, the if plays on could... the fly, but it's not like I was really impressed with anything. And also the fact that I... The reason I say that is because he's got, like... He's got the he's got the problem of the quarterback creep of, like, the contracts just being so ridiculously... Well, and that's that's what I want to pivot to. I do want to... I want to... But I, there's, he was limited in what he could change organizationally in a season, right? Because, like, yeah. he can't just be installing new plays on the fly. Like, he can't tell the coach, your offense is no good. We're going to make changes wholesale. So is this his fault? And I don't know if it is or isn't. But his contract pretty much means that he, if it's not his fault, he needs to be part of the solution because they're in trouble. Yeah. Uh, his dead cap number for this year, what did, what did I say? We were talking about this off the air. $124 million. Just, Which means if they cut him before, I think it's March 1st or March 3rd, whatever the, the first day of next league year is, that means they have to put 124 dead money on the cap. But even next year, it doesn't go down too much. It's like an entire much. football program. <laughs> like, what are we doing, guys? <laughs> so, the way it is structured, I guess we should say this for people who don't really understand. In the NFL... You're able to kind of move stuff around year to year within a, the structure of a contract, options and signing bonus and all sorts of things. However, there is something called dead cap, which is the entire the value, the guaranteed value of the contract, the money that they know that they have to pay. So all money guaranteed to the player and all money paid to the player under this contract as they go, it it falls off, but you owe it still. So they promised Russell Wilson $124 million after this year. So even if they cut him next year, they have to account for all of that money all at once against next year's cap because they have to pay him all guaranteed money within X amount of time. So that's why on these guaranteed contracts that the quarterbacks are getting now, suddenly these guys are locked in. And we've kind of talked about it. Kyler Murray, D- Deshaun Watson, these guys, these contracts, they sort of, they kind of hamstring team building in the future for these teams. And Russell Wilson's contract is set up in such a way that he's not going anywhere for at least four years. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Like, you're, you're, it's almost kind of like, I want to say like old NBA contracts where like they, they tie themselves into like 10 year plus contracts and then like, absolutely shoot themselves in the foot because they are the league moves so fast right like if the guy got if they got it wrong or if well i mean sometimes it just you know alonzo morning got 10 years and you know by year three he wasn't alonzo morning anymore and then he had problems with his like his organs he had to get a kidney transplant like there's a lot of things that can happen uh so yeah uh, you don't necessarily sometimes you want to use some sort I guess I should preface that with saying that, like, they gave up a lot to get him. They traded five draft picks and three players. 
to the Seahawks to get him. And they knew getting him, they were going to have to give him the money. And you do want your quarterbacks to be, I don't know, like, you want your quarterback to be happy and comfortable, and they are the most, they're obviously the most important part of this offense. Oh, 100%. But, like, my point being is that he wasn't impressive enough to keep that price tag. No, he he definitely got paid for what he's done, not what he did this year. Uh, they did. They 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 were a career, they were a season low for points. Uh, in his in in Russell Wilson's thirteen starts, he only has twelve touchdowns, which means he's tied for number of toilets in his mansion versus touchdowns with three games with two games left to go. I should point out. I mean, so maybe he can do it. Um, he was he was he was losing that fight for ninety percent of the season though. Yeah. Yes, he was. They, they, the lowest scoring team in the, so this is what's kind of, they've kept the pressure off the Texans because they are the lowest scoring team in the league with 15 and a half points. Yeah. And they've had 11 games where they've scored fewer than 17. Right. Like we were allergic of any number higher than 20 and our absolute maximum has been 24 this year. And somehow that is not noteworthy. Right. There's a team who's been that much worse than us. So we do owe them. Little tip of the cap there. Thank you, Russ. Thank you, Denver. Congratulations, guys. Uh, and coming into this season, when we talked about it, we talked about how this wasn't going to be a. I I wasn't a believer in this year because a rookie head coach and a complicated quarterback. Russell Wilson, love him or hate him, he does have a Super Bowl win. He does have two Super Bowl appearances, but he is somebody who kind of talked his way out of Seattle there at the end. There were some reports that I didn't really like where he wasn't happy about some of the stats because he thought he was in the MVP running. That, I don't, you don't want to hear that out of your quarterback. You want your quarterback to be bigger picture than that, I feel like. So, I don't know. I'm really kind of mixed bag on, on Russell Wilson. And this year definitely didn't help that. <laughs> you were mixed I don't, bag. And now I don't know that it's like. Bag. <laughs> yeah. I don't know that I, I'm not going to go as far as like Matt Ryan and say he's done. I do think Russell Wilson can fix this depending on what they build around him in this offseason, but they've got to do it without a lot of the tools that most teams would have like young players and draft picks. Right. Or so that's not going to help. million dollars, but you know. <laughs> but to be fair, every team in the league is going to get to this exact same spot. Like Patrick Mahomes already has his big deal. All the teams in the league are getting Lamar Jackson is is going to get his money this offseason. He's going to get a $200, $300 million contract. None of these guys none of these guys are taking pay cuts anymore. The, the Tom Brady year is over, okay? Yeah. It, That's not happening. It's funny because this is absolutely going to just absolutely warp football for the next, like, a decade. Well, I've, I, I think it will until the teams realize it, and I think teams are going to do something about it. I think what they're going to do is I think they'll make a rule that exempts quarterbacks from the salary cap. Or, like, limits how much of their salary counts against the cap. Like, you could have... They'll, maybe they'll call it, like, a player exception and not specifically a quarterback exception, but most teams will use it on quarterbacks. Yeah, where, like, your where, highest played or whatever. Yeah, you, you get, like, one exemption every year, and you can apply it to whatever whoever you want every single year. And so, you know, if there's a guy you want to maybe give $50 million to one year, do it, and then give him the exemption. Right. I think that's where we'll wind up maybe in three in two or three years. Because a lot of these, if they don't, then teams like Denver, uh, Cleveland, Arizona, they're not going to have cap room. 
Yeah, they're going to be like, all right, well, you have zero cap room because you're paying your quarterback $400 million. I think it was Arizona who, on paper, in two or three years, 25% of their cap will be going to two players. Now, they might cut one of them, but one of them is Kyler Murray, I believe. They're not probably not going to cut him. So, yeah, I mean, they will have to do something about quarterbacks and salaries. But we are I don't think we're at the tipping point yet. We'll get to the tipping point, though, when a majority of the teams are staring down the same barrel. Yeah, when everyone is like, hmm, we signed this quarterback to an 11-year deal, fully guaranteed $800 million contract. Yeah, because that's the thing, right? Like, as long as you still have a quarterback, it doesn't matter who it is. Once their rookie deal's over, they all want the $200 million, the $400 million. Like, none of them are going, you could pay me less. It's cool. Yeah. Cause cause so it is going to be I troublesome. Feel like, I feel like we have we have we've we've crossed over this weird threshold where like no one really cares about the Super Bowl anymore because so many people have a Super <laughs> Bowl ring. Uh, well, that's so Tom Brady was kind of hoarding them, right? And so now a lot of teams are kind of one and done. They're going to win one. Yeah, like Sean McVay has a ring now, and so he'll forever be a head coach who has a ring. So if he turns into Mike McCarthy. And in three years from now, the Rams fire him and Tony Dungy can cry about it. Uh, you know, he'll be the guy with one ring forever. It is kind of interesting that now that the Patriots era of dominance is over, it is sort of, you have to really start thinking like, who was in the Super Bowl again? Because for a lot of times, for many years, it was like, who did the Patriots play in that Super Bowl? Yeah. And that was kind of how you did it. Uh, but that's not going to be the case anymore. And as soon as Tom Brady actually retires... It'll literally be both teams where you have to kind of guess who it is. Who's it going to be? Who's it going to be? All right, we got one more story here, and then we're going to wrap it up. For the third time this year, Tua Taivoa has a concussion, allegedly. He's been put back in the concussion protocols after uh as of monday so he's so he's done he's not coming back i wouldn't put him back you wouldn't put him back okay that was gonna be my first thing i was gonna ask you would you put him back out there with two weeks left to go keep in mind they are struggling they are one win ahead of everyone else for the seventh seed to the playoffs in a rookie head coach's first year i wouldn't put him back you wouldn't put him back okay i don't know i mean we'll wait and see who mike mcdaniel is mike mcdaniel might be the kind of guy who's like yeah if he can go he can go uh, and, and coaches, listen, it's always somebody's last year. It's always somebody who's giving everything that they've got. So if the doctors say he can go, it's hard for me to blame a head coach for putting somebody in. But their backup is Teddy Bridgewater, Teddy Bridgewater, who has a good career, a good win-loss record, is a competent quarterback. Uh, but I don't, I mean, I don't, I don't know, man. They are playing against the Patriots, so that helps a little bit. Wait, they got Teddy? I love Teddy Bridgewater. One of my favorite stories. They do of got all Teddy. I, I'm <laughs> I think it's interesting that's your favorite story, but uh Well really it's more of a Sean Payton story than like a Teddy Bridgewater story, but That's fair. That's fair. So Yeah. But he's involved. They, and that's why I like him. <laughs> the Dolphins So here's the problem. The Dolphins have lost four straight games. They're barely hanging on to the seventh seed. But if they win out, or if the Jets lose one more game, they're going to the. They get to go to the playoffs. Yeah. See, it's it's kind of it's things like that where like I can't I can't risk the health of Tua, who's already had of like just an absolutely brutal year. Like, 
Do you think the league should do anything? Should the league step in? I don't know if the league should step in, but I mean, if he why keeps not? Getting I mean, if they're the ones who uh, concussion protocol, like I think that like something needs to happen. Someone needs to. I, like you can't you can't I have think that if many you, severe head injuries in the same year. Right, like something has to be somebody who says they care about player safety has to do something, right? right? If it's if, and if it's not Tua or his people, it has to be the league or someone in the coaching staff, anyone, someone, please. So, somebody do something. No, I just, I do feel like maybe the league should step in. I feel like the league maybe should at like this three, point. Like this three is times his, you're out, buddy. Like, Yeah, I, I, I don't, I, maybe even two. If you go on the concussion protocol twice in one year, I mean, yeah, that's two different games where you had head injuries, real head injuries. I think I think they should be doing something about that. I think that's when they should be pulling the plug. And and overall, I am a little concerned. This is really too is he should have gone in the protocols the first time when he when they missed it and he talked his way out of it with the neck injury. Yeah. So really, this would be his third game in the protocols. That's what, that's what I'm saying. Third time in the protocols. That's scary. That's really scary. Because this is a young cat. Like, I know everyone wants to, is he, the, is he the guy? Is he not the guy? Are they going to get rid of him? They want Tom Brady. They want this. They want that. They want Deshaun Watson. But Tua, for all intents and purposes, is their guy. And it is kind of an unfortunate situation that, that yeah, I just, I, it's got to be at least a little scary for him. Oh yeah, 100%. Especially cuz the hits were so bad. At least the second one. And this was. one at least it Yeah, the second one where he has the seizure. That's I mean that's something you never want to see. This one they at least are going back and saying they don't know that they see a play exactly where it happened and he doesn't remember getting hit in a particular situation where he came up going, "Oh man, what's going on?" There is clip of a play where his head does bounce off the field though. Uh, on a on a tackle, and they do say that sometimes these things are right. Like, to be fair, asking someone if they know about their concussion feels a little counterintuitive. <laughs> <laughs> hey, remember that time you got really like just absolutely decimated into the ground with your skull, and you're like, I don't know, can't remember. That's not really a great question to be asking. Do, do you remember the time when you bruised your brain, and they would be like, "Who am I? What? What?" Remember that one what? time that some guy played basketball with your skull? No, did that ha- do I like basketball? Right. And then that's never, really never. not the questions you should be asking. <laughs> yeah. And then it's the wrong There's, people. They maybe they should be asking the people who are paid to watch the game. Remember <laughs> remember the monitors? Like remember those guys? Maybe they should be checking on that. Uh right. I just I, it is a complicated situation and we've been talking about this all year. It's one of those things you know me, I've got the little antenna for stories that are going to wind up being national. This has been one of those things we've been talking about all year that they're going to pretend like they fixed, but they didn't really fix it. And here we are at the end of the year. Here's a guy who really needs someone to step up for him and say, this is enough. He's kind of been the poster child, if you think about it, because he's the one that like started this conversation. Yeah, absolutely. And, that, and, and at no point... You know what's crazy about it is Matthew Stafford's wife said something when Matthew Stafford kind of had the similar thing where 
coming out of one game, he wasn't acting right, and then going into the next game, he got hit early on and, and left with a concussion. And she was like, "That that sh- they need to fix that." He's a he's a ten year, twelve year vet in the league, and his wife had a problem with it. But no one. In, this is what's embarrassing to me. When Tua was a college star and he's playing for Alabama and they're playing for the the championships and the and the Heisman's and all of that, they would show the clips of his family in the stands. They would show his father and his mother. They would show all these people who care about him and love him. And oh, he's such a great story and a great story and a great story. Well, now here's a guy who's bouncing his brain off the the field over and over and over again. And where are these people? Where are these people who are supposed to be in his corner? advocating for him and, 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 and taking his side and having his back. Where are they? Yeah, it's We're, either it's either they're not there or the NFL doesn't care. Well, they're definitely not there because they could get on Twitter tomorrow and make it a national story, that's, right? That's fair. To his, mom says, to his mom says enough is enough. That's a headline. Right. But, you know, um, again, it's also prying into, like, family relationships. Like, maybe two is, like, don't say anything. <laughs> maybe, but somebody still needs – somebody should. Two is – this is the thing – when we talked about it this beginning, I said the players have to be involved, but ultimately, the what they decide has to come has to has to take out of their hands. They can't be the final deciders on this because players want to play. That's true. That's also They're, fair. They'll they'll play until they explode. They don't care, and they'll say stuff like, "Yeah, but for this opportunity, for this money, for my family, for the whatever, whatever, whatever." Somebody else, somebody else has to say something for Tua, and I don't even. Like I feel more bad for the guy than like him. I just this is he has become the poster boy for this. That seizure on the field was scary. It was a national game. It was right in the middle of a bunch of other stuff. It's only gotten worse. They released a statement about the the about the Parker hit. Remember we talked about the the Patriots receiver a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. The league released a statement because the other team took a timeout for an injury for a different thing. Everything worked like it was supposed to. Both spotters allegedly saw that he was down and hurt. And no, the other team spotter saw that Parker was hurt. The Patriot spotter was looking at another player at the time and missed it, but the other team spotter was already phoning it in allegedly to the sidelines. So, according to the NFL, everything worked. Everything worked exactly as planned, obviously. After the fact, even though it was a player who was clearly trying to stop the play on the Patriots sidelines. Obviously. I just, this is a scary and a real thing because the one thing that could really actually hurt the NFL would be a player death on the field. Right. No, it would be, it would be, it would be shocking. Like people would talk about that for decades or, or some sort of horrible brain injury on the field. Right. And I mean, honestly, the Tua thing was enough to scare the NFL into the, having to put forward all these things. Right. A, a, a four-second seizure was enough to shock the NFL. Imagine if, and I don't, I hate even saying this out loud, but it's week 18, the, page, the, the Dolphins are eliminated, the Jets win, Dolphins lose. There's all these people, but they might, there's a chance. If everyone loses, there's a chance. So Tua goes out there and grits it out, and goes down weird on a play and the next time anybody sees him the dude's driving a wheelchair with a straw because of a brain injury like how crazy are we going to feel about this like when do we get it right and not we we're not in the league when does the league get it right 
I mean, these are the decisions that they have to make as a professional organization. Like, they can't have the the like, oh, you know, we're we're doing everything we can because obviously that's not true. The multi billion dollar organization can't spare two extra guys on the field. Well, and, and here's the other part, though. The Players Association, I feel like, is letting everyone down, too. Yeah, those, I mean, the, these are the people they're Because they're rubber-stamping this. Yeah, this this is the exact thing a, a player's union should be protecting. So, I mean, I, don't, I it's a frustrating situation. I would like to see more done. I have a real problem. I've had one all year with this. This has been something I, I, I keep focusing the show on. Because it is a real thing. This is something that does affect long-term athlete viability, long-term superstardom. We love stars. The league is built on stars. Uh, you know, our job is to talk about the Texans because the NFL makes so much money that Vox Media wants to get involved in it. So, like, it's only worthwhile while it's worthwhile. So, to protect that, they need to do something about this. And so, yeah, I, I just hope they do. Uh, I know it's a terrible note to end the middle of the week show on, but it is what it is. Uh, it's newsworthy, it's relevant to talk about, and it, it beats us talking about the fact that the Cardinals overpaid Kyler Murray. So there you go. Yeah. Uh, all right. Next uh, next episode on Friday, we're going to be talking about the Jacksonville Jaguars matchup. Week 17. It's coming up. The Thursday night game is, uh, is tomorrow. It really, yeah. Thursday night, it's Dallas Cowboys at Tennessee Titans. That game apparently means nothing. Apparently. means absolutely nothing. Um... I will be watching very conflicted about who to root for because I need football in my life. That's just my life, though. All right, guys, everybody, thank you for listening. Make sure to like and subscribe when you check it out. Make sure to go to the Battle Red blog and check out all the awesome blogs that are on the page. Make sure to support our sponsors. Thank you guys for having a great time with us this season. We got two more weeks. We got about the four more shows, and then we roll into the offseason, and we got a lot of great stuff lined up, and we hope you guys hang out with us all offseason long as we talk about, hopefully, the number one draft pick. Mm. Uh, Yeah. All right. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Battle Red Blog. I'm Corey DLG, and with me, as always, is producer Nico. Thank you, guys. Mm.